When I went to college, I had a very different idea about the life and work I thought I would do today. At the time, I thought I would study international relations, learn Arabic, and eventually end up working in the UN or in international diplomacy. But life, and most likely my worth ethic, had other plans for me. When I learned that international relations required a ton of reading and five days a week of classes, I kind of was like, hell no. My dad had happened to pick business administration as my intended major when I applied to college. So because of my dad's intuition, I likely would call it bossiness. I was pre-selected into my university's business school. And just like that, I ended up graduating from college with a business degree and taking a pretty traditional corporate path. One, if I'm being honest, is very safe, very secure, and very stable. At least if you're not in tech. Now, if you're anything like me, you love stability. I will always take the safe and secure path if there is one. And while it seems like I'm a bit of a risk taker, believe me, the immigrant kid, the one heavenly influenced by a very deeply embedded scarcity mindset, is totally afraid of taking big leaps, especially when it comes to anything involving my finances or my stability. But if you're also like me, you might have some big ideas about the things you could be doing, the things you wish you actually were doing, and how wildly different those two things are. Now look, I get it. We all got bills to pay. Some of us have to take care of our parents, our kids, and maybe even some furry family members. But is there a chance that there could be more? That there is possibly more to life than this? More than the grind and monotony of the work you're doing now? Now this question, these wonderings, that's really not fine, is it? Hey, I'm Rachel, and this is the It's Fine Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Emma Cortez. She's a Seattle content creator and founder of Emma's Edition. On this episode, we'll talk about how it can be really hard to transition to a non-traditional career, how to prep your support system when making that transition, practical tips on how to make that transition from side to main hustle, and how to stay motivated and deal with the haters. If you're interested in learning more about Emma, you can find her on Instagram at, at Emma's Edition. Are you ready? Let's get into it. You're a woman of color. You are a child of immigrants, right? And yes. so were there pressures around like choosing to take an entrepreneurial path? How did you balance navigating that? It's such a great question because when I like look back to my childhood, I still remember I was in second grade. I went to my mom and I said, when I grow up, I want to be a fashion designer and an author. And my mom literally looked at me and she was like, hey, like this is going to be a great hobby. But like so serious. She's so funny. That's real. Okay. I have to say that if I had had any, I remember when I was like, cause I didn't even like fathom having any kind of creative career. Right. I think I told my parents and like, when I was like 16, I wanted to be a pharmacist lawyer because I would get the like medical side right like what like I was supposed to do I didn't want like a traditional medical career like other Indian people right I put two like <laughs> socially acceptable careers together somehow and that was what I was going to be so I I feel like that's common right especially yeah. for like folks whose parents made sacrifices right who yes. worked really hard I know your parents personally like I know yeah. that they've made some pretty big sacrifices for both of you guys to have the lives that you have that's so funny so I literally remember this because I used to like sketch and like yeah. do all that and but yeah they were just being super 
real with me. And yeah, like, again, it's like a child of immigrants, right? Like your parents leave their country to like make sure you have the best opportunities, education-wise, career-wise, like job-wise that you can have. And so really like, again, at a young age, I was like, oh, okay, like I, I should probably pick something more stable. And so I will say like coming into college, I... It's funny because I don't know if I would have picked business, but I think business Mm -hmm. ended up being like such a good fit. I just knew like coming into college, I was like, I'm pulling out these student loans and I like need a return on this investment. I I need to make sure I have a job at the end. And of this, I came into college like with that mindset. So again, like business was actually the right fit. I just didn't Mm -hmm. realize like I was articulating it in that way. And so I definitely felt the pressure where it was like, okay, at the end of the four years, like I need to have a job lined up. I need to pay back my student loans. And I did feel like I needed to pick something stable because like, I will say, like, I'm sure many other first and second generation students out there, you really crave like financial stability. And that's all I wanted. Same. I think like, I didn't care. I was like, please just give me, I just need a job that's going to give me the ability to move out of my parents' house. And I don't care what it is. I just wanted some type of financial stability and coming from families like ours where like different like flavors of it, right? Like knowing that like in some ways, like we have to choose and make smart decisions quickly and early, which may have had a cost to like the things that we were interested in and passionate about. And I know so many other women and men actually that who had to who just did what they had to do because they knew that ultimately like they would need to help their families. Like it wasn't just, it wasn't just, I need to be financially independent. It was like, my parents are counting on me. Like they're counting on this to like dividends so that they don't have to suffer the way that they have, or like the family doesn't have to suffer. Right. It's an immense amount of pressure to choose stability. I will say the collectivist and individualist cultures clash, like Filipino cultures, collectivists, American cultures, individualists, and like Mm -hmm. choosing your family and like financial stability literally goes directly against like American individualism, where it's like my choice, this is what I want. And for, I think my whole college experience, I really felt that, but I was like, Hey, at the end of the day, like my family's counting on me. Like I cannot like not have a job lined up. Like I cannot not be financial, financially stable. And so Yeah, I was going to say, like, I did take that traditional career path. So if you look at my first six years of my career, I worked in the CPG industry for a year. I went back to the aerospace industry. I worked there for six years. And then during that time, I also got my master's in digital media. And so for two years, 2017 to 2019, I would literally like work as a project manager working in the factory. I would work my seven to 3.30, come Mm -hmm. home, eat, pack a dinner, and then I would go and go to class from six to 10. And I did that for two years. And so for six years, I was like, okay, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I need my graduate degree because this is what my managers and directors are telling me what to do, telling me this is what I need. And so I'm just going to continue to climb. But I think like alongside that, I will say like second grader Emma, like still had her passions and like Mm -hmm. ironically still had fashion blog that was evolving with her. And I just like never gave that up, which I think again, looking back, I'm like, thank God I didn't. But along the way, as I was continuing to build my corporate career and then working towards my degree, and then also just like saving a lot of money, because again, financial stability is really important for me. 
I just learned every year, like little by little, what to do with my blog, how to drive page views, Mm -hmm. how to build a following on social media, like how to develop your audience on different channels. It was just like a year by year thing. It was really slow for me. And then it wasn't until 2020 when I got my layoff notice, I realized I was like, oh gosh, this is like my time to finally Mm -hmm. take this full time. And luckily I was having conversations. I like prior to that, like while I was still in graduate school with my parents, with Brandon, who's now my husband, boyfriend at the time saying, Hey, like, what does this look like? If I ever decided to take this full time, this is something I'm really passionate about. This is something that I think I could do. And then alongside that, like it gave me time to like, let them know what I would like to do. And then also gave me time to figure out like how to make money because there's a million ways to make money online, but there's, that's very daunting and also very overwhelming. And so, yeah, it was, I would say a slow process. I talked to my parents for two years before I finally decided to take it full time after getting that layoff notice. I think it would have been very different if I had never said anything to them. But in 20, (laughs) but in 2018, I straight up was like, I sat them down at the kitchen table and I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to take this blog full time someday. I think it's twofold, right? It's like, Our parents have like their own perceptions of what it means to make money and have like comfort and stability, right? And then there's also the stuff that's ingrained in you because I think what's really unique about your journey, right? You speak a little bit about how you held on to the corporate grip as much as you possibly could, right? Like you were working, not only were you working in a corporate environment, but you also were going to school to get more accreditations, right? Which would like ultimately help you continue to climb the corporate ladder and you were blogging, right? So was there like a shift for you mentally? And if you were to go back and think about, I think you've shared with me personally, like it was crazy that you were doing all of this, right? (laughs) So was there something inside of you that made it hard for you to let go? Oh my gosh. I think the biggest thing besides the money piece, which is the second biggest thing, the biggest thing for me was shifting my belief around what work means to me, if that makes sense. Like, I think the biggest thing for me was like, oh, work is something that provides a 401k that gives you a paycheck every two weeks. Work is a title. Work is recognition. This is what work is. And in order for me to be successful at work, I need all these things. And then as my blog was growing, as I was figuring out the money side, I was like, oh, wait, like, I can choose which projects I get to engage in. I can choose which brands I want to work with. It really took me from 2016 to 2020 to really shift my perspective on what work could be versus what I thought work should be. Like that was a really big shift. And then alongside that, like my money beliefs really had to change where Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, actually like in choosing me, I am choosing to free up how I can make money. So I think one of the biggest things that really did help was setting financial goals as a blogger and as a content creator. 2017, all I wanted to do was break even. I was paying for photography and I was making no money. And I was Mm. like, how do I do this? I'm working like brands are reaching out. I'm doing gifted campaigns. I have high quality images. Like, what do I do? So it was just like learning and networking with other creators, listening to podcasts, reading as much as I could. And then just like summing up the courage, like start asking for budget, which is like really, it was like really scary at the time. So 2017, I did end up breaking even. I started making like my first few hundred dollars here and there for brand campaigns and I could pay. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm breaking even. I can pay for photography. 
And then 2018, I was like, okay, I want to make $10,000 this year, like with my side hustle. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but like, I'm just going to say this is my target. And then I was able to do that. 2018 was the first time I brought on a four-figure campaign. I was freaking out when the brand agreed to $2,500. I was like, you're going to pay me $2,500? This is like so much money. And that's like, your confidence builds and you figure out, for me, like figuring out how to work with brands. So 2019, I came into it. I was like, okay, I'm going to graduate from grad school. So I won't be doing all three things and I'll actually have more time. I'm going to set the goal to make $40,000 on the side. Wow. And so that year I lined up my first five-figure campaign. I brought on a brand partner for $10,000 and I straight up was like, you're going to pay me $10,000 for a This is crazy. This is crazy to me. But that gave me confidence and I was able to hit that $40 target on top of my corporate salary. And so amazing. coming out of 2019, I was like, okay, hold on. As I've been shifting my idea of what works means, I've as I've been working on my financial beliefs, like I'm really seeing this change and shift for me. So if I can work full time and make $40,000 on the side with a side hustle, what does this mean if I took this full time? I absolutely love this shift in belief. Before we started the interview, I was telling Emma, like, I, I don't know if I'm like particularly keen on the idea of going full time with my podcast and as a creator, like at this moment in time, right? Like I have goals for myself around like how many, like how I want to grow my audience and like thinking about what I'm doing. And like a lot of the work that I'm doing right now is very like mission and values oriented. Right. But I also think that part of that has to do with just like my personal belief in what is possible for me. I struggle with the idea of like, how will I be able to like sustainably bring in money? And I think that it's a very limiting way to think about like yourself. As Emma alluded to, right? Like she had to really give herself some like concrete goals to start imagining what was possible for her. And I think that's like, like part of the it's fine journey, right? Of being able to say, no, I can do this. Like even though someone else or someone else is saying that I cannot do this or it's not possible, I can create like incremental goals and start seeing like what's possible for me. And the biggest thing for me was like, again, like not just my work belief, but it was like, my financial beliefs, right? And like growing up with a scarcity mindset, like learning how to shift and actively rewrite what that financial narrative means. It's taken me years. I still run into like all scarcity mindset stuff to this day, but it's now I'm aware of it, right? And it's catching it. And anyone like some, with some people, it might be the money thing and they might be able to relate to this. For me, it was like, okay, because money is so big for me and like this is going to be a big part about how I feel safe and secure switching careers, like literally leaving corporate America, pursuing content creation, blogging full-time. For me, I was like, okay, what do I need to do to feel safe and secure? And so for me, it was like, okay, I know I can make money on the side. I made $40,000 in 2019. I have a six-month emergency savings. Mm. And worst case scenario, if I do this for a year, and I fail and I can't match my corporate salary or I can't make any money, like the worst thing, or even at the six month mark, if the worst thing that happens is that I go and I apply for another job that I was like, oh my God, wait a minute. Like I'm eligible. Like, okay, I have six years in corporate America. I have a graduate degree. I literally could get any entry level job. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to, I would be fine. I would be totally okay to like, yeah, to do that. And I have no, and maybe part of it is again, being 
just like an immigrant. It's almost, it's like, I have no shame. Like I literally could work front desk somewhere. I think about that all the time, Emma. I'm not even going to lie. Like I, if I, and I think that's just like something we all have to grapple with, right? This immense pressure to be in like corporate environments or like in this like ideal scenario, right? There are jobs everywhere. And like the reality is that if you are, if you fail, if you were to take a risk and it didn't work, those jobs are available. There are all kinds of jobs available, right? And like, I also want to pause and say like, I know Emma's resume and I know my own resume and I don't think Emma's giving herself enough credit. Like she could, she is like more than qualified for more than an entry level job. If like shit were to hit the fan, let's be real. And I think listeners, I would imagine that your resume and like your ability to like go out, especially if you are somebody like Emma and I who are doing something on the side, I would argue that you are very likely and most likely much more qualified than you're giving yourself credit for. Oh my gosh. Emma totally is. Like Emma totally is. How did you navigate um, like talking about this with your partner and Mm -hmm. with your parents? We did get really interested in like your parents. It's funny. I look back at one of my very first informational interviews in my first summer internship when I was 20 years old. And one of the women, this woman I was talking to, she gave me such a great piece of advice. She said, Mm -hmm. no matter where you're at in your career, always just let let your support system know where you want to go next. She was like, they don't have to agree with you, but like just keeping them in the loop, having conversations with them, then that way they feel like they're included in your journey. Again, even if they don't agree with that. And so I really took that to heart. So I finished my first quarter of grad school And by winter quarter 2018, I literally knew that I was going to shift my career goals because I loved my master's of digital media degree. I literally was like, oh my God, like, this is like what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm learning. Like, I, I think this is like what I'm going to do. Like, I think I'm going to take my blog full time. And so I just needed one quarter. And so again, like by winter quarter, when I decided to sit my parents down, obviously it was like really scary, but I was like, hey, I'm in my graduate program. I'm loving it. And I want to let you know that someday I'm going to take my blog full time. And I thought they were going to scream or freak out. You always, you like revert back to your teenage self where you're like, are you going to yell at me? But they actually <laughs> were like, okay. And they were like, okay, why? Like, why do you think you want to leave eventually? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm passionate about this. Like I'm getting my degree in this. Like I'm really seeing a future in this, basically was going through that. And so for them, they didn't shoot it down right away, but they did say, what if you moved into a role that was more aligned with your interests? Can you find that job in your former job or in your former company? And so I was like, I can look for it, but like, it's really limited, like what I want to do. Again, it was like two years of talking to them, having the conversation. I think the scariest part is just having the conversation, but again, and that's the thing you come into adulthood, right? Whether you're a child of immigrants or not, it's okay. My parents are just not going to agree with everything I choose in my life and that's okay. But I'm going to learn how to like, communicate it to them and I'll still have the empathy because at the end of the day, they want what's best for me. Like, obviously they were a little bit nervous, no 401k anymore, right? No benefits. Yeah. yeah that conversation was like a two year conversation. This is not totally related because I have always had a full-time job, but I remember when I decided to launch my blog and this was like, oh my God, 
I think 2018, sorry, before that, 2017, 26, something like that, whatever. I remember I had written all the content for like my original blog launch. And the last step was to notify my parents that I was going to be like publicly talking about like my experiences and like sharing the way that I like to approach content and write and the way I present my personal brand. And I remember being like literally like, teeth rattling, like biting my nails off. Like I was so nervous because I was so scared for how they would receive that. And so I think I told my dad first and I told my dad, I was in Seattle. I was living in New York at the time, but I was visiting them in Seattle and I told my dad and I ran away because that's what you do. And then my mom came back from work and my dad was like, I could hear them like talking in their bedroom. And they were like, my dad was like, She's starting rachelvarkey.com, rachelvarkey.com. And they were so embarrassed and they were like, oh my God, no one will marry her at the time because that was like their biggest concern, right? Like at that moment in their life, they were like, no one will ever want to marry her. Like they were so worried, right? I think about if I didn't take that step, right? So many doors opened for me once I took a really big risk and a really big leap. And I think it like that's something to consider as like a part of this too is that it's not necessarily just like holding back because of like money and like personal beliefs. It's also what are you missing out on because you don't like Emma, would you argue that like by doing this, like you have a different perspective on life and like a different view of life because you decided to take this big risk? Oh my gosh. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's hard, right? Like you're mindset shifts happen little by little. And so for me, it's if I had not taken my blog, my content creation side hustle full-time, I, it's just crazy. I just don't know. I just can't even imagine like being at the same place I was at. I've just like worked with like dream brands. I've gotten to travel. I've just gotten to do so many things that I wouldn't think I would be able to do. And I will say now I'm two years as a full-time content creator and mm. I've got a new cycle where I'm like dreaming of the next step. And I can't believe I'm writing things down. Like literally what's next for Emma's edition in the next one, two, five years, right? Like now it's because I allowed myself to pursue this full-time because I allowed myself to see that there's another way to build a fulfilling career that allows me to have work-life balance that allows me to have time off if I need it. Right. Because I like allowed myself to do that now. And two years later, literally, like I've been doing this exercise for last week or so, like all the things that I'm dreaming about next. And you're going to laugh because I literally have like my notebook right here. I'm, li <laughs> I'm writing things down and like, I I'm literally putting like hosting a TV show, wow. becoming a published author, um, Amazing. you know, becoming a known speaker, meeting my hero, Joanna Gaines. Yeah. This stuff is obviously maybe feels a little bit far-fetched, but at the same time, it's like, I get to dream this next. Like I get to like, kind of yeah. imagine like what's next for Emma's edition. Like, and can you go ahead. And as a perspective, or you just said like in 2016, you $2,500 was like, so exciting. Yeah. Right. Like you were, and now you're six, seven years in, right. And like, you're dreaming so big for yourself, right. Like I almost feel like it, I cannot like stress, like how much I believe that like the micro mini steps of risk that we take can unlock like things that you 
never believe possible for yourself. And that's like my a personal mission for me. Like I want to see more women, especially women of color, like unlock like bigger and like things for them. And that's unique to everybody. What might be big for Emma might not necessarily be big for me, but at the same time, like this like conscious belief that like I can make $10,000 this year. I can make $40,000 this year. I can meet Joanna Gates. <laughs> my hero. She's her hero. We'll get we'll give Emma that. I almost feel like it's like an unlock in your brain, right? So as women are thinking about this and thinking about how to make these shifts, right? What do you think is at risk if we say it's fine, it's whatever, if there are big risks like these, like big plunges that we want to take, what do you think that does to a woman who is trying to make that decision if we just rush it to the side? Oh my gosh. Well, someone who brushed it to the side for <laughs> a long time. I was going to say, okay, when I brushed it to the side, because I knew by the time I graduated in 2019, I was like, I should take this full time, but I can't because yeah. I don't want to pay back my, <laughs> they're not even student loans. I just don't want to pay back the degree. For me, I personally suffered. And I will mm. say, I think that's the biggest thing that's at risk, right? I know there's going to be other, there's other things that other women with families, especially with children and stuff. It's like, like my switching cost is so much higher because I have a mortgage. I have a child, like I pay for sports. I do this, but, and that's why I think it's like incrementally, like, what can you do? But the biggest cost is literally like yourself. Mm -hmm. Your it's you, it's your happiness. It's your well being. And as much as I tried to shove it to the side, I was literally breaking down every four to six weeks sobbing, sobbing because I was so stressed at work and I was ready for the next thing. I didn't realize it. And then I had high blood pressure. So like my health was suffering. So it was like, I look back at the time and I was like, my body was really reacting and yeah. I was shoving it to the side. And I was like, I can't. And then finally universe God was like, all right, you're getting laid off. So you can, I'm making the decision for you. <laughs> I think so many women sacrifice them right? And they put everybody else over themselves. So it's a really good reminder, right? That are you the cost of not pursuing and taking those big risks? And is that worth it? I'm not sure. Especially as I'm entering like the next step, like looking at yeah. motherhood, looking at having kids. Mm -hmm. I like look back at my mom and then and her experiences and like how she didn't have a choice but mm -hmm. to do everything and take on that burden. And it's like, I look at me and it's okay, but I do have a choice and that's okay. Like I think filing with that. And then I also had a conversation with a friend who's a child psychologist. Mm -hmm. It's funny. She was giving me like free therapy. I'm very grateful for her. She like didn't realize it. Maybe she did. <laughs> I was like, Stephanie, I'm like so grateful. We were saying like, oh, is it better if you like be a stay at home mom or if your mom that works? Yeah. You know, like we were talking about, is there like any impacts on study? What does that look like? Because my mom had to work. Like she yeah. was never a stay-at-home mom. And so we were talking about it and she was like, Emma, you know, at the end of the day, your kids are going to remember if you're happy. If you're a stay-at-home mom and you sacrificed your career and you tell your kids that and you're visibly unhappy being at stay-at-home, they're going to remember you're unhappy. Mm. If you're working full-time or you're working part-time and you're unhappy with your job, like – 
even if you're financially providing, your kids are going to remember you're unhappy. She's happy kids have happy parents. And I was like, oh my God, like mind blown. And I, was I like, totally agree with that. I've had conversations with women in different scenarios, like whether they have kids or like talking about having kids. I want my kids to know that they have choices. And I think that's like the big mission of it's fine. You have a choice. For sure. So more than anything, Emma taught me something super important. If you're going to do this side hustle thing, you got to take it seriously. Like for real, Emma takes herself and her work extremely seriously. And because of it, she's been able to make more than her annual salary in a corporate job. If you want to do it, you got to be about it. Think of yourself as a multi-million dollar business with a mission statement, values, goals, and a strategy. Now here's me taking myself seriously. My goal is to have 5,000 listeners to this podcast by the end of this year. And if you just share this podcast with five people, I can likely reach my goal. So what are you waiting for? I'm taking myself seriously. You should too, with whatever it is you want to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with me today. It means the absolute world that you would spend time listening to this podcast. Share this podcast with anyone who you think could benefit from the message of not settling for fine anymore. Share it with your sister, your cousin, your friends, your mom, your dog, your partner. I don't care. I would love to get the word out about why we don't have to settle for fine anymore. I can't wait to see you again next week. Talk soon.